some people have been um, asking us to speak a bit or clarify um, the idea of the eight precepts and what they are. I know we just mentioned it briefly in the opening of the retreat, and some of you have been um, sitting and practicing with eight precepts, and we really had meant to speak about it uh, more formally. I don't know, time just slipped by. So I'm glad a few people asked. And um, so I just want to describe what the other three precepts are, a little bit about some ways it might be helpful, just if you're interested. Uh, And then to formally offer eight precepts if there's anyone who wants to take them. So the, the five lay precepts that we took, that we always take at the beginning of retreats, and that we took the beginning of this retreat. And it come from the five precepts that are, you know, classically taught by the Buddha and practiced in Asia, in Buddhist countries, with one exception. If you're a lay person and you're just living your life, or you come to a monastery and you take the five precepts, the fifth precept is actually not abramacharya. It's not um, celibacy in one's daily life. The fifth precept is really refraining from sexual misconduct. So if you really hear references to the five precepts, know that the third precept, not the fifth, the third is sexual misconduct, not abramacharya. But when we talk about eight precepts, uh, and in in uh, Asia, often uh, people will come to the monasteries or the nunneries once a week on the moon days, the quarter moon days, the full moon and new moon days, sort of like in, in this country one might go to synagogue or church, and often on those days take the eight precepts for the day. And when you take eight precepts, the third precept becomes our brahmacharya celibacy. So we use that, we borrow that, even when we do five precepts for terms of a retreat, because it's so really essential to stay with ourselves. Then the other three, as I said, it's, it's often something that people in Asia will come and take for the day. Just so you know, it's not a lifetime commitment that you're making, if you're a lay person. But also you need to make some commitment. Ah, should I, shouldn't I, every day, every evening, you know, the big one, of course, is not eating after noon. So I'll just go through what they are. The sixth precept is to refrain from eating at the wrong times. It's translated here. And classically that means, in terms of here, after the noon meal, we don't eat solid food. And the purpose of all of these is to cultivate... Uh, sense restraint, to cultivate simplicity. It's not about suffering. It's about actually opening up a space of uh, simplicity, of more uh, time and energy for practice, of less complication. And it's really worth exploring if you're interested in that to see. It's not that eating's bad somehow, obviously, But two meals a day for most people with normal health is plenty. In fact, often uh, ordained sangha live on one meal a day. And I lived like that for quite a while when I was a nun, and it's fine. Especially if you're in intensive practice, 
we really don't need as much food. You know, so when I I often find on eight precepts, there's a lightness in the evening. I, I get tired in the evening. I don't have good night energy. But not eating in the evening actually helps me stay more awake. But you have to explore for yourself. It's also there's so much more time, all that, you know, energy going into the dining room. Even if you're just going to have tea, it's a nightmare. So you can just stay out of there and practice. It's so much more simple. It's so much more pleasant. Um, and what I'll just finish this brief up. What is allowed, and it's interesting, is um, there's a range in Buddhist countries, there's a range in the Theravada ordained sanghas of what is actually allowed in the evenings. And in Burma, um, which seems to be the most kind of strict, what's allowed is clear juice without pulp, fruit juice, clear broth or herbal tea, not caffeinated drinks, soda, sugar is allowed, honey, molasses, and oil. So you could have like herbal tea with honey, or sometimes the the kitchen would serve a, a clear fruit juice. Sometimes in Vermont they'll serve little pieces of this palm sugar or date sugar. Me personally, I eat that at five in the evening and I'm gone for the day, you know, but some people find it helpful. Little hard candies. Some places in Thailand, as you know, the, the, the monks in the Amarvati tradition up until recently could eat uh, cheese and chocolate, cheese due to some translation of a particular word in Pali. But we're not going to offer that here. Um, some places in Thailand where I've been, um, soy milk or milk was allowed. Other places, absolutely not. In Burma, that would absolutely not be okay. So just to tell you, there's a range of interpretation. It may be here that once in a while soy milk is served. I'm not sure what the kitchen will do. And you can really choose your own interpretation. Don't beat yourself up about it, but choose your own and realize with all of these uh, precepts, guidelines, the guidelines are pointers back to our own intention our own sincerity of practice and really looking at what comes up. They're not meant as punishments, you know, or another way to feel bad about yourself. They're not meant... Renunciation is not meant to be a suffering experience, you know. It actually opens up the place of freedom in our energy, in our heart. The seventh one is uh, pretty much... For the most part, you're already doing it, which is hopefully refraining from entertainment, dancing, singing, card playing, going to shows. Hopefully that part, you never really know what's going on out there, but hopefully that part (laughs) is not too hard. We hear stories, not yet about this retreat, but it gets back to us sooner or later. Um. The, and the other part, though, can be interesting, which is refraining from uh, beautification, adornment, unguents and stuff. So it's about not wearing jewelry, not wearing things that smell good, which already we're not doing here, hopefully. Um, it doesn't mean you don't keep yourself clean, 
or take care of your body, of course. So mostly that's not a hard one, but sometimes on retreat it can bring up interesting things that we notice about ourselves. Just and, and without a judgment, but just to see really the suffering in this wanting, just wanting to look a little better, you know? <laughs> Seeing that, do you spend a little extra time fixing your hair or your beard if you're a guy? Trim your beard very neatly, that's just the same thing, you know? Or the wearing, you know, earrings or little jewelry or <clears throat> make sure you get dressed in the morning and your sweatshirt doesn't quite match your sweatpants, so you change it. It's like... Stuff no one else is going to notice, but you notice. And just notice the, the energy that's going into that. It's suffering. So with taking the seventh precept, we just let go of that. Needing to look good, trying to adorn our bodies. And just notice what comes from that. And the eighth one is to refrain from you know, lying on higher luxurious beds. And that's basically taken care of. <laughs> Compared to a few years ago, the beds here are high and luxurious, though. If you used to come and sleep on those dreadful 25-year-old foamies that used to be in the Catskills, that was... But it could also include, really, not luxuriating in bed. The bell rings, or it doesn't ring, and you wake up, and you're wide awake. And there's that thought, but the bell didn't ring yet. There's 25 more minutes. And you lie there, you're really wide awake. And you just kind of, ah. <laughs> Notice what that's feeding in the mind stream. It's feeding, really, it feeds desire. It feels wanting to luxuriate more. It feels a little kind of dullness. And I'm speaking from experience. When you get up, it's like, ah. When you wake up, you get up. It's just a moment. You get up and you're, you're much more present. You're more there. That's feeding virya, feeding energy that Rebecca spoke about last night. So really, wise attention is seeing what are we feeding with our attention in the moment? What are we starving? When we luxuriate in bed, what are we starving? Virya. <laughs> we're feeding luxuriation. When we get up, when we wake up, we're feeding virya. We're starving laziness and torpor. So just exploring that. That's really what these precepts are meant to do, bring us back to look at what's helpful for waking up in our experience. So, as I said, in Asia, often people will come, take the precepts for one day, and maybe just that day, not even that night, go home. When you're done with it, you take the five precepts. No, no blame, no shame, no problem. So here, if, you've, if you have been doing eight precepts and you feel it's enough, you can the next morning take the five precepts, no problem. Or if you want to experiment with eight precepts, it doesn't mean you have to take it on for the whole retreat. But I would suggest, if you want to experiment with it, do pick sometime, like a week or something, so that you're not in that place I started to talk about, where every evening at five o'clock, you go, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I? I mean, that is really dukkha. And unnecessary, you know, you're just feeding doubt and wanting and judgment, you know. Just say, I'm going to do it for a week and just see what happens. That's the only way we really, really discover, really explore. If it doesn't feel appropriate for you, 
It can feel, again, in working with balanced effort, that it's a kind of a pushing that isn't helpful. Or your intention in doing eight precepts is because you're so bad and rotten you need to punish yourself, you know? No, that's not a good reason. That's not a helpful motivation, you know? So exploring that and and then just, just see how it goes. Most retreats in Asia... Um, are conducted under eight precepts. So if you, if you go to sit with one of the Sayadaws or you go to any Wat in Thailand, it's assumed that you are practicing under eight precepts. So it's quite a common thing. There are people who just medically not eating in the evening doesn't work. You know, you just if you have hypoglycemia or something, you just need a little something. If that's the case, you can still take the other two precepts And, you know, for medical reasons, it's accepted that you can eat a little something in the evening. So, is anyone interested in taking eight precepts? Otherwise, we don't need to chant them. Just a show of hands if anyone's interested. Okay, okay, great. So, do you all have your little, your sheets? Because we're going to go through all of it. You never just chant the precepts without the homage and the refuges. And I know we know it together, so we can just chant it together. When we get to the last three precepts, six, seven, and eight, only those people who are taking eight precepts should chant it. I'll chant it. I'm not taking eight precepts, but I'll chant it just as the leader. We'll still do it together, but I'll keep on going the last three, and if you're wanting to take eight precepts today, then keep on chanting. If you're not, just stop at the fifth. And then if we get to the dedication at the end, we all join in again, the, the uh, idam me silam, okay? And before I forget, if you're taking eight precepts, even if you've already been on it, um, I think the cooks are going to put up another little sign-up sheet on the board just so we get a new idea of how many people... Just put a little mark there sometime today, okay? Namo tasa bhagavato arahato sama sambuddhasa Namo tasa bhagavato arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Buddhang Saranangachami Dhammang Saranangachami Sangang Saranangachami Dutiampi Buddhang Saranangachami Dutiampi Damang Saranangachami Dutiampi Sangang Saranangachami Tatiampi Buddhang Saranangachami Tatiampi Damang Saranangachami 
Thank you.